When mixing art house sensibilities with a blockbuster budget, what better way to do this than make it about Vikings? This question may be answered by the Northmen. The first rule of Fight Club is you do not talk about Fight Club. Gentlemen, you can't fight in here. This is the war room. It's the flesh wound. Wax on, hat. Wax off. I know Kung Fu. Yippee-ki-yay, mother I ate his liver with some fava beans. Nice candy. Greed, for lack of a better word, is good. Show me the money. I drink your milkshake. The snozberries taste like snozberries. How do you like them, Max? All right, all right, all right. These guys are 11. I'll be back. Forget it, Jake. It's Chinatown. It wasn't the airplanes. Was beauty killed the beast? Welcome everybody to Pop Culture. I am Scott. I'm Jason. And I'm Monica. And this week we're talking about Rob Eggers' latest blockbuster sort of art house thing, The Northman, starring <laughs> Nicole Kidman. Anya Taylor-Joy, Ethan Hawke, Willem Dafoe, Bjork, <coughs> Bjork, Alexander Skarsgård, and every muscle on Alexander Skarsgård's upper body. <laughs> or, or <laughs> well, they all recognised in the cast list. They sure were. They sure. That's how. That's they have their own trailer. That's how fucking big they are. Third, right, heck. Yeah. <laughs> and you can snap your neck with it. <laughs> what a fucking monster. Um. Anyway. <laughs> so as we were, we were talking about just before recording, um, Viking Hamlet, 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 Hamlet. Sorry. Old Viking story of Amleth, which Shakespeare, of course, adapted into Hamlet. There's a lot of Uncle Killen to be had in this movie. Eventually. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> you got to you work up to it. Lofty goals. Yeah, that's true. Much like Hamlet, he does put that off. <laughs> yeah. I'll get around to it. I'm busy. Need some more ghosts. Um, yeah. yeah. Oh, I, I, I really liked it. I did too. Um, it's a really interesting movie. I feel it trailered very differently from the result that we ended up consuming. Um, or the it, energy that was sort of, yeah, that trailer was like banging. Like The trailer was spectacular. I was like, oh, great. This is going to be a straight up revenge film. I'm totally down for it. And it was a slow paced art house kind of film that had beautiful scenery with a little bit of violence thrown into it. Um, I was totally here for it, but um, I, I, I can feel maybe some people um, getting um, shortchanged yeah. by it. Yeah, I think if you went, if you, I think because I knew it was Robert Eggers, I was sort of like, I feel like I know how this is going to go. Mm. And I wasn't surprised. But the people I went with were like, that was rubbish because they just didn't, it just wasn't what they wanted it to be. Yeah, I I actually enjoyed it. It, it felt a little laboured in 
the execution in terms of, and Monica hinted at that, you know, the revenge happens eventually. Mm. But um, it, it, I don't know whether it's fully successfully balanced the sort of art house stuff that would happen. So you'd have these amazing visuals to represent a lot of things going on, the themes and what was happening in it. Uh, but then when you come back to, I guess, the more obvious narrative and the characters doing their Viking thing, it sort of was a totally different film to that. So I don't know whether it integrated the two concepts perfectly, and I can see how that would be a turnoff. It didn't bother me greatly, though, because I was still sort of interested in seeing where it was going, and some of those visuals were really quite spectacular, to be honest. Mm. Yeah, the, the movie is beautiful to look at, just stunning. Mm. And, um, yeah, going from uh, Egger's previous two films, which don't have a great deal of action in them, so The Witch and The Lighthouse, both of which kind of the uh, both more horror films than this, uh, when he does do the action, it is surprisingly effective and quite shocking in some moments. That uh, raid on the village at the beginning was like, holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was very brutal. And um, there's a scene in which um, Al Almeth, played by Alexander Skarsgård, goes to retrieve this sword that he has to use to slay his uncle and he battle goes into battle with this um, skeleton. That was incredible. <laughs> mm. You see this huge behemoth of a man that Skarsgård has trained himself to become and he's just getting thrown around like a rag doll. <laughs> mm. yeah, yeah, no, I, yeah, you're right. And um, I think the other thing that really sort of impressed me was uh, the performances, really, in, yeah. across mm. the board. It, I, I was totally caught up in the story in terms of the characters and the way they were being performed. Um, mm. Ethan Hawke, I actually think it was a shame that he had to be the one that was killed because he actually had more gravitas than I'd ever seen him ever do he was in any film. Um, I'd, I've never seen him actually... Uh, how would I say it? Succeed Ooh, in doing like, that. Like the, the big, like, larger than life in charge. Yeah. Viking yeah. king. <laughs> yeah. And he did it so well. It was really surprising. He actually made the uncle sort of seem a little bit really weedy. And it, mm. I was surprised that that actor couldn't match what he was um, portraying, mm. I guess, or giving that general feeling when you see him perform. So, yeah, that was really, really surprising. I, I, Kudos to Ethan Hall. Just he's not in the film for the whole thing, so. Mm. Yeah, oh, but he's a... memorable. Like wow. Mm. Yeah, I think perhaps um, not so much the weakness of the actor who played um, the uncle was. Um, I I feel that weakness is maybe a deliberate choice because he's a bit of a red herring. He's not the villain of the movie. Yeah. Like he's no, that's true, yeah. Well, he's sort of he is, but he's not the only one. Yeah, yeah. He's he's not the only one. It's, it's he, about it, interpretation. <laughs> it is about interpretation, but he is villainous under the direction of somebody else. Yeah, yeah. that's right. Mm. Who did but, a really uh, good job? Even then, I think you can be a weaselly character and not that strong. And I mm. that was probably the only weaker one amongst them all. I actually felt like all everyone else. Yeah. Really, really good. And surprisingly, I'm totally not a Nicole Kidman fan. I no, really find no. her wooden to the extreme. Um, this was the, one of the least wooden performances I've seen her do for a long time. 
She was amazing in this movie. Um, kudos to Nicole Kidman. I thought she had a spectacular performance. Yeah, she she um spoiler alert, the bad guy. Um like a real like uh viciousness that was like icky to <laughs> to have to, to, to sort of get through. She was um she was amazing. And I've 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 I've, I've written her off for a long time. I've never thought she was particularly good in anything. Yeah, there's a scene in which um, I guess her villainy is revealed to um, her son, played by Alexander Skarsgård, and the way that those two interact with one another, how his face just drops and he's trying to sort of make excuses and be in denial about what actually happened when he was a child to see his father get murdered. She also sanctioned to have him killed as well, and, you know, that reveal was just agonizing to watch it was very very well played out and this is probably the other thing that turns people off because what you're talking about there is very theatrical drama it's uh, it's not an action film type drama it's Mm. uh, the classic drama if you want in terms of theater so um, yeah it, it was interesting to watch and I think that's why I enjoyed it in the end because it just had that little bit more to it than a simple revenge film if you want because you know i can go watch a liam neeson film for that yeah yeah that's fair what what vehicle <laughs> of revenge will liam neeson be piloting this week <laughs> so proud. he could be the next viking doing it or simply who knows you know <laughs> um scars i think it's a lot of like like i think he you know the kind of the pretty boy from true blood and like i think he mm. is the driving force for this film and is uh really impressive out of yeah, it. He, like he really goes for it yeah he's not really i guess um who you think of first and foremost to be i guess a leading man kind of actor but this film certainly demonstrates he's got the capability to do it he just chooses particular projects to do that and this is obviously one of them he does a really really great job embodying that determination um as a young adult getting into this foreign clan this elaborate plan to sabotage mm. um the, the village in which um, his mother, he believes, is being um, kept as a captive. It's Yeah, it's a very layered performance. I really enjoyed it. Oh, no, he was great. No, like I said, there was so many solid performances in this and it really helped it move along. Well, and, apparently he, yeah, he approached Robert Eggers. They were both, like, wanted to make a Viking film and um, he, like, Skarsgård produced this. Like, he, he was the driving force in getting it made and... Um, got Robert Eggers to sort of come up with this, you know, mm. what, what's the script going to be? Mm. And, um, yeah, so it's sort of them working on it together. And I think it's they've, they've found, a, I think, a good match in a director and an actor there. Yeah, it's um, very much um, a representation of a passion project for the two of them, I feel. And, mm. and, it, and it shows that when you watch the film on screen, like, this is one of those movies which I would recommend you go see at a cinema, not necessarily at home on your TV. Yeah, it, it was um, it's glorious, like mm. on the big screen. Yeah, it re- it really is, and um, I found a lot of um, similar threads in the film in the visual representation from the Green Knight, which we reviewed um, towards the latter half of last year. They're both thoughtful art pieces about. Um, a main male protagonist who's going on this huge emotional journey and a big decision that he has to make at the end of it. With swords and stuff. With swords and stuff. 
and demons and you know all that kind of thing <laughs> and witches and yeah this one's got significantly more volcanoes <laughs> <laughs> and more bjork <laughs> <laughs> sorry bjork makes me remarkably uncomfortable um but anyway <laughs> Yeah, I'm actually wondering what their pitch was because to get that budget, but then what they make, I'm wondering if there was a different pitch to get the budget. <laughs> oh, you think? Because yeah, I mean, it, it's 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 an art house film with a blockbuster budget. Yeah, I mean, maybe Scarsgard was the sort of. I mean, it's not. We're not talking Avengers level budgets here. We're talking ninety no, million no. bucks. But I mean, that's that's a hell of a lot more than any art house film would cost you. Yeah, <laughs> I think it also comes down to people wanting to see more kind of more theatrical art house films. Um, we're starting to see more and more of them. You have The Green Knight. You have a few others that are coming out. The Witch was incredibly popular. The Lighthouses, this instant cult classic. Um, I think there is a market mm. for it. But you look at the budgets he's working with too. The Witch he got made for what, $4 million and made 40 but it sort of got a reputation as like, this movie's scary. And mm. it is it is scary. Uh, don't get me wrong. Lighthouse cost eleven million, and that would have even been a harder sell because it's like we're shooting it in four by three, and it's going to be all black and white. And mm. and and Rob Pattinson's going to fuck a mermaid. You watch, this is going to be great. <laughs> <laughs> that said, I think Robert Eggers has got a really, really cool and unique view on. Well, the two horror films he's made have been phenomenal in their own weird ways, and now this historical epic is great. And I feel like it's a sort of like a Toro effect. Like he's probably going to mm. be able to get the money he makes because these movies are critical darlings. And at the end of the day, if it doesn't make ninety million dollars in the theater, there's a I think there's still going to be a hell of a lot of people going to be going to see it. Yeah, and it's probably one of those movies that is going to be on the best pictures list next year. Like I, yeah, maybe. You've made me suddenly think about this concept of art house because um, to me it's probably a term we coin or use when filmmakers are doing something different rather than actually being a style or a Yeah, thing. maybe. Yeah. Because I, I start thinking of um, like is 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 a clockwork or uh, even Quentin Tarantino was considered art yeah. house in his early films, but now he's he's yeah, mainstream. Well, he's commercial. he's changed the mainstream too. He's... Yeah. Um, and then um, Nolan. Yeah. Again, started with art house, and I'm putting that in parenthesis there. Or mm. commas. <laughs> there's an asterisk yeah. on that one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So um, <laughs> he's now making what you'd call mainstream, <laughs> or he created the created the mainstream concept. And even Sam Raimi, you know, in terms yeah. of the review we just did, he started doing mainstream as well but started with art house mm. horror so it's it's an interesting term to apply to things so i'm i'm actually starting to go maybe it's actually a bit of a a weak term yeah yeah it's actually just saying yeah. they're doing something different to what we normally see and that's it yeah maybe it's more like a um, grassroots kind of film rather than an art house film because you have to start somewhere and it's going to you know, influence the mainstream at some point. Yeah, potentially. Um, uh, okay. So yeah. the definite, well, the official definition of art house is, apart from being an art house cinema, films that are artistically or ex 
exper- artistic or experimental rather than merely made for entertainment. Yeah, which is a hell of an umbrella. Yeah. So you're, you're, you're saying <laughs> probably would we be. Could, we could throw in an Andy Warhol half hour film of the Empire State Building, and that's art house. And mm-hmm. art, a film art. genre which encompasses films that content and style, often artistic or experimental, adhere with as little compromise as possible to the filmmaker's personal artistic vision. Well, see, that, that I can sort of mm. accept a little bit, but. It seems too broad. I, I really don't think directors That's really go out broad, there right? to entertain people, not to make people want to watch a film. There's a story. There's a narrative. They they want people to listen. Mm. So to sort and, of yeah. make, I'm making an artistic point is not quite right. Yeah, and production companies and movie studios will always want to have a hand in that kind of thing because they're successful for a reason. You have to have these sorts of – you have to have A, B, and C in your film. Otherwise, we're not going to – promoted because it won't be successful in our eyes like yeah it's got it's got to check the spreadsheet yeah yeah so i I find the uncompromising part for the artistic vision is not particularly valid unless it's a self-funded kind of movie or a very small production that's trying to sort of get a leg up or yeah steven spielberg yeah i mean really it doesn't doesn't actually fit and it's probably a really bad terminology now yeah yeah i would agree there you go. The Northman. It's definitely not, uh, I guess, it's certainly not filmed in what you'd expect for a conventional sort of historical epic. No. And, um, it, yeah, it, it certainly it leans on um, mysticism and stuff, and I think that's certainly what Robert Eggers is interested in when you go watch The Witch and Lighthouse, and he's obviously fascinated by people's mental states and then sort of, um, connecting with sort of paganistic or, you know, not mainstream religious ideas. Hmm. And obviously has a fascination for showing that stuff. Which I think is, uh, I think some of that stuff would be very confronting for people too, because it certainly is um, very brutally honest in its depiction of their, like, you know, when they get into the bloodlust state and stuff, it's sort of, mm. it's like, whoa, yeah. geez. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a bit full on. <laughs> So yeah, it's it's not the it's not your typical and the pacing as well. I think threw a lot of people off. Like it's it's a slow burn. Yeah, and lots of yeah, like it's silhouetted shots of Sarsgaard climbing rooftops, yeah. <laughs> hiding swords. <laughs> yeah, I I don't know if it was that slow. It's just that when we're talking about that, if you're looking at it for an action film, then yes, it will be slow. Yeah, if you're mm. looking for it to be a drama. It's not. It actually keeps progressing quite. Mm-hmm. True. And maybe that's the. Maybe that's the. Yeah. There's a, maybe there's a problem with marketing. And I, I remember back mm-hmm. when um and you know greatest film ever made Drive came out, and there was a lawsuit against it because a bunch of people were like, it's a mm-hmm. it's a fucking art movie and the trailer looked like Fast and the Furious. That's that's not that kind of movie. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. I remember that. My goodness. <laughs> I hope they lost. They sure did. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I liked it, The Northman. Mm. Yep, I did too. Me too. Go and see I it, everybody. Really, like, caught the spear and threw it back. Just like, fuck. That was, that was sick. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, this is metal. 
<laughs> Thanks for listening, guys. We'll catch you next time on Pop Culture. I've been Scott. I'm still Jason. And I'm still Monica. Pop Culture is produced by and recorded by Jason, Eddie, Monica Porto, and Scott Sauter. The soundtrack clip at the end of this show was from The Northman. If you're enjoying this podcast, please... Leave a review wherever you listen to your podcast or share it with some friends. And please contact us on Facebook. We're at facebook.com forward slash popculturepod. We're on Twitter, popcultureau. We're on Instagram. We're on YouTube. Catch you guys next time on Popped Culture with our review of the 2022 Firestarter. <laughs>